This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. And our amazing guest today is Mimi Francis. Woo! Woo! We're cheering. I really do want a live studio <laughs> audience. Eventually I'll get one. Okay. So we're going to talk about what we're drinking. And I'm going to, this is a plug for Skunk Brother Spirits. I decided to pull the bottle of lightning out again. It can be devastating. This is basically um, honey and corn moonshine. So yes, it's amazing. Um, and I mixed it with orange juice. So this couldn't either. Yeah. Yeah. He said lemonade. I didn't have lemonade. I have orange juice. So I mixed it with that. Skunk Brother Spirits DWA 10 coupon code. CR, what are you drinking? I went back to, we decided to call it what? Pestilence. It is mm-hmm. my green tea and vodka. And it is, it's really, really good. Awesome sauce. Mimi, what are you drinking? I am drinking root beer and Kiss Caramel Vodka. That sounds yummy. It's extremely yummy. It's almost too yummy because it's a little addictive. So (laughs) We like to call it revered. (laughs) That's a good term. I like that term. Yeah. No, it's really good. So I highly recommend it. Very cool. Okay, so for those listening that may not know you, what do you write? I write contemporary romance. Um, Most of my romances are set in either Hollywood or in a slightly fictional fictional town in Montana called Lakeside. And I love to write happy endings. And most of my books are connected, but they're not connected like you have to read one book to read the other book. I just introduce the characters and then the books are all standalone, happy and ever after, or happy Very for now. Cool. <laughs> and when did you start writing? Um, I've been actually writing for about 10 years. I started writing fan fiction and now I write just strictly original fiction. Fan fiction, what was your fan fiction of? Uh, I started with Supernatural, the TV show Supernatural, and I wrote a lot of fan fiction for Supernatural. And then I started writing Marvel fan fiction. Um, And I've dabbled in a couple other, but Marvel and Supernatural are my two favorites. So those are the ones I write the most. So wrote the most. I, we're both huge fans of Supernatural. Oh, I love Supernatural, me too. um what so when did you start writing fan fiction um it's let's see I didn't get into Supernatural until um after season eight had aired so I spent um I don't work summers at my job so I spent one entire summer binging the first seven seasons of Supernatural on Netflix and then I was hooked and I just kind of went from there and so I started writing fan fiction, I want to say back in 2014. Yeah. And then Marvel fan fiction, I started writing that probably about 2018, 2019 was when I started. What, what Marvel fan fiction do you write? 
Um, I write a lot of um, my favorite characters are Bucky and Steve Rogers. So I of write course. a lot of, of, of course. course. <laughs> so I wrote a lot of stuff about um, Bucky and Steve. And then my favorite supernatural character is Dean. I'm a Dean girl through and through. So I wrote a lot of Dean. And I like to, um, I know a lot of people write them in the universe, but I have a tendency to take them out of the universe and then stick them in to like the contemporary romance that I write. So I take them out of paranormal situations and put them into the everyday world. So did Dean get a happy ending and not in the normal way Dean does in your stories? In a lot of my stories, he did get a happy ending because I always felt bad that Dean never got a happy ending. <laughs> so I tried to give him one whenever I could. Um, but then I know that, you know, sometimes Dean doesn't always get the happy ending. And to me, that was always kind of how the show was going to end. So when he didn't get his happy ending, I wasn't too, too surprised. No. So... Yeah. Well, I have to say, I haven't finished um, the last season yet. I started it, no, but then I decided to go back and watch all, all of them again. Well, for I have to say, I, I think I wasn't prepared for the level of cheese that came through because oh, yeah. <laughs> there was like the first three episodes I felt was like a level of cheese. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, maybe go back and rewatch the whole series mm -hmm. again and then go through 15 and call it a day. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's, I totally, I've rewatched the season more times than I can count. So I don't, my season 15 is not my favorite. I've only watched it once. So, because it was a tough season to get through. And I agree, it was pretty cheesy. There was some pretty cheesy stuff, so. No, totally. Yeah. Well, they were like, let's bring everybody back. I was like, is this just yeah. an excuse everybody. to literally get anyone who'd ever been in a supernatural back in a supernatural? What's funny is there's a podcast called Supernatural Then and Now that um, Richard Spate Jr. and Rob Benedict do, and they're watching every episode, and then they're doing a whole podcast on the episodes. It's fabulous. If you want some awesome background stuff and you're like really into that, it's super fun to listen to. I really enjoy it. And they wow. talk about how they bring everybody back in the later seasons, so... It's pretty fun. I'm going to check that out. Supernatural yeah. better now. Okay, let's mm -hmm. talk about your writing. Okay. So you started writing fan fiction, but did you write before that? Like, have you always been a writer? Some people are always a writer. I wrote a I meet lot. people that are like, I was 16. I decided to write. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I wrote a lot when I was a kid. And then as years went on and I had kids of my own and I got busy with them and with work and with school and everything, I kind of let it go. And then um, when I discovered Supernatural and started writing the fan fiction, my kids were quite a bit older. My girls were both in their, in high school and my son was, um, actually one daughter was out of high school and my son was going into junior high. So I had a little bit more time on my hands where I wasn't like constant kids always around me. So I started writing a little bit more and Really, I've only been like seriously, seriously writing since like 2014. Wow. Not sure what happened behind CR. I'm just going to say technical noises. Okay. Um, the look on her face, she's thrilled. I love it. Anyway, so I think that's interesting. When did you first, like, I know fan fiction, did you, I'm assuming you published up to fan fiction sites, right? Yeah. When did you first go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a novel. That's what I'm going to do now. 
Um, when did I first do that? Um, I tried self-publishing in, I had a fan fiction story that was super, super popular and it was Dean and I took it and I turned it into original characters. So I pulled everybody that was in it and I changed them to original characters and I tried self-publishing. Um, I didn't love the self-publishing route, but I liked the originality of being able to do something that was my own thing. And it kind of inspired me to push my boundaries a little bit to try and create my own worlds and my own characters instead of pulling someone else's worlds and characters to write with. So it was probably, it's probably been now about six or seven years. So I've been writing since 2014 and probably three, four years after that, I went, hey, you know what? I think maybe I can do this on my own. And I had a ton of encouragement from my, re my fan fiction readers and friends and family and stuff were like, no, try it. See if you can, how you can do on your own. So I gave it a shot and the rest is history. So that's very cool because I get to ask you a question about fan feedback. And I wonder if it's different fan feedback from your novels versus your fan fiction? What was that feedback like? Um, it's a lot different. It's a lot different, the feedback that you get. Um, the feedback, obviously, that you get from fan fiction is a lot of it is based on how you portray the characters. And if you keep true to the characters and you keep them true to themselves versus when you create your own universe, you kind of, the it's a little bit different with the feedback because you have to create those characters and make them compelling without using a character that's already been created. So that's always kind of hearing how people feel about my work that I, where the characters I've created is a little bit different. So I actually really like it because it's kind of fun to see, hey, did I do a good job creating this character where somebody likes that character versus a character that I already wrote it, that everybody knows and, and likes. So that was kind of, I kind of liked that difference in the two different so what has it been like having people like those character your characters so I always think it's interesting because I always think the characters that I think people will gravitate to or even hate you know like have an emotion towards are not the ones that people have the emotion towards <laughs> yeah no I you're you're right it's funny because one of my books there's a dog in the book and I I know people like dogs but he is like the most popular character in the book everybody loves him and I get a lot of questions about the dog and um when is the dog going to get a friend and does the dog his name is soldier and he's an emotional support animal for um one of my characters and everybody just loves him and it really surprised me because I was like well I knew people were going to like him but I didn't know he was going to be such a big hit like what review that one. I got <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to give Soldier's own novel? And no, that's kind of the question I got. And I'm, it was funny. I posted a picture one day of my, of my Shih Tzu and he was laying on my shoulder and I posted it on my Instagram. And I said, this is my, this is my puppy Sebastian. And he's actually going to be in my next book. Cause I'm writing him as a character puppy character in one of my next books and somebody commented on it and said it's about time soldier needs a friend <laughs> and I was I just laughed because I was like well now I'm gonna have to make sure they meet in the book because people are so excited that I'm bringing in I like to write people with pets because I have dogs and so I always think it's I always think they're really important to a lot of people so I always kind of write them in what I like to write them in there in my books too 
I've actually written this. He'll be Sebastian in my book. It'll be the third time I've written a dog in the books. So. And see, this is where you start going into your own realm of if you do something outside of the norm for soldier, mm -hmm. you're just going to get a bunch of mail going. Soldier would never have tasted, tasted that truck down the road. <laughs> yeah, well, he he ended up being the kind of the hero of my of my the book that he was in because he kind of saved somebody's life. So it was. I mean, I knew people would like him, but not to the extent like one reviewer said, oh, my God, I'm going to call this book um, a dog story and also Van and Serena. So she was like more focused on that part of it. But it was it's to me, it's really cute because I, I like that I can write those animals because I feel like the love that the people in the book show for the animal makes them that more appealing to the reader to be able okay. to like them. Yeah, no, I, th I think it's adorable when they pick the characters, whether, you know, animal or human that they enjoy. What about your family? So this is always interesting when you become a writer, you of course want your family and other people to read, or maybe you don't like, it just depends on what you're writing, but have, have your, has your family read your books yet? Um, I have one daughter who's read my books. So my books are pretty steamy. Um, I don't do the fade to black. I write into the bedroom and hop right in the bed. So I have one daughter who has read all of my books. She, and she loves them. And she's got a unique ability to kind of separate herself from, Hey, my mom wrote this. So she's really good with it. My husband's read the stories in the anthologies that I've written. Um, I have another, my daughter, my oldest daughter, her friends kind of tease her so she hasn't been able to do it yet because every time she tries to, her friends kind of give her a hard time. Oh, are you sure you want to read what your mom wrote? And then they kind of tease her and stuff. And then my son, not at all. <laughs> He's like, no, I can't do it, mom, not doing it. <laughs> and then um, when I finally told everybody at work that I was a writer and, and stuff, people are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to read all your books. And I have been very clear with them. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to warn you right now. You're going to look at me completely different after you read my books. I said, I'm just throwing that out there. So it's pretty funny because I have a couple of people at work who've read them and they're like, I would never have expected that from you. And I'm like, well, you know, we all have our secret sides. So, but it's been, it's been kind of fun to see everybody's reaction to it and stuff. My husband's got some clients who have read them um he's oh. yeah some of his clients he he carries my business cards and he pushes me to all his clients and stuff because he, he works with a lot of little old ladies and stuff because he's a repairman and um he had one client ask if he was the inspiration behind any of the stories in the books <laughs> that was kind of funny I I hope he answered of course that's exactly how he answered yeah he was like of course I am <laughs> yeah I was going to say, no, he needs to be like, yeah, of course I'm. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then of course you ask him and, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no. It's no. funny. My boyfriend all the time, I write one of the, I write humorous erotica. And some of the times he's like, is that going in your book? And I'm like, do you want to know the answer to that? Because <laughs> the answer is yes, it's going in the book. <laughs> Just not under that name anyway. Yeah. You always got to so, be very careful when you have author friends. 
Yeah. Just gotta watch everything you do. Oh yeah. Oh, there have been a couple things that have happened like at work and stuff that have the person has made their way into my book, but I've changed their name for <laughs> privacy purposes. Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, they've kind of made it in there. And you know how it is. It's like, oh, you made me mad, you're gonna die in my book. So sorry, you know. I have a, a sign on the other side of the door into my office. It's says like warning um author uh or writing in progress piss me off and you may be written into the story but you will be killed because that's the other stuff I write is horror I will kill you I will eviscerate you in fiction I will kill you yeah night's day off um this is very cool so what is your like writing environment like like when you go to sit down now you don't have kids around you because I'm sure you don't want kids right. just you know, <laughs> sitting next to you while you're like, and he walked her into the room, you know. Mm-hmm. No, my, I, there was one time when my son was about 15, he plopped down on the couch next to me and I had my laptop on my lap and he laid his head next to my leg and he's like looking up at my laptop and I was writing and I like quickly closed the window and I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm just laying here. And I'm like, okay, go away. <laughs> you can't read this, but, um, I actually am probably one of those people who I don't write like in an office or anything like that. I sit on the corner of the couch and with my laptop and I write as like we watch TV or whatever. I sit and I write while we do that. I'm a multitasker and sometimes some of my best ideas come to me when I'm sitting and watching TV. And so I don't have a like a dedicated office or anything. I've been trying to put one together, but every time I sort of get it going, I get distracted and it's not at the top of my list that I need like a quiet place to go, right? Because I don't like to be away from my husband because I don't like to, it sometimes it's too quiet. I kind of like that noise and that background stuff going on. Some people do great with noise and some people can do that. And then other people are like, it has to be dead silent. Like the tree <laughs> that, being cut down in my yard right now, no writing would occur, it has to be quiet. <laughs> And I, I think that that's interesting. It's funny. I had, had, a, had a friend that also has co-hosted this show, Valerie, that one time her husband walked in while she was writing a steamy scene as if he could see exactly what was on the screen. She ended up shoving the monitor and pushing it through <laughs> the wall and like it was this whole thing so that he wouldn't see what she was writing. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because I was embarrassed. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, so it's less embarrassing to flip out and shove your monitor through the wall <laughs> and than it is to just simply, you know, close yeah. a window or something. Like, I don't understand. And she was like, I know. Then you have to come. explain. Like, did she lie and be like, there was a spider on the street? I don't know what happened. Or is it like, oh, I was writing a steamy sex scene and I was scared you would see it? <laughs> I think she, by that point, was doing that cry laughing so hard <laughs> at herself that she couldn't do anything else. I mean, you can't really recover from that. You really no, should just get up and no. say, ta-da, and walk away. <laughs> do a little bow. Yes, a little curtsy, and then leave the room. Because yeah. nothing else can happen, because that's how that works. So how many books do you have out now? Where should people start reading you? Um, I have four out right now and they could um, start with my first book was Private Lives, um, Second Chances in Hollywood, book one. 
And then I have um, another one out in that series called Private Protection. That's actually my favorite book that I've written. Um, I love that one. I love a trope. So I will find a way to get tropes into my books in any way I can. And that one is a bodyguard trope. And I just, I just love that one. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> I, I will find any reason to put a trope in my book. And then um, I have another series called Loves of Lakeside. And the first one in that is called Runaway Home. And then the second one is called The Professor. And I have a, another book coming out in Second Chances in Hollywood on April 30th. And that one's called Private Party. Very cool. You said you like tropes. What about, so do you read a ton of romance? I do read a lot of romance. I um. I like to read romance. I also like um, romantic suspense uh, quite a bit and psychological thrillers. Those are kind of my go-tos. I love, I don't know, I think maybe it's because I'm a fan fiction writer that I like the tropes, but I, like I said, I always try to find a reason to put some kind of trope in my, in my stuff. Like my first book is actually about an escort. So that's got the escort trope in it. And then I got the bodyguard trope in it and um, I got a professor book and that's got the professor trope in it. So I'm always trying to find reasons to put tropes in my book if I can. When you okay. find what you like, you just got to steer into it. Yeah, you just got to go with it. So I just, I have fun with the tropes. I think I like to try and mix them up a little bit and try and make them different. Like I know that I always have read books with the escorts where it's the male escort and the female who's looking for the escort. So my book's actually a male looking for a female escort. And so I kind of try to mix things up a little bit because I, I think it's fun to play with those ideas and make them a little bit different than everybody's used to. Well, I think that's what makes a book different. It follows exactly, I mean, I guess that's not true. I shouldn't say that because every Harlequin movie seems to follow the same exact <laughs> thing and they make hundreds of I'm those a year and they're yeah. wildly popular mm -hmm. and yeah <laughs> people just go bananas for them every yes. single time all the time i'm a Har i love a harlequin movie that's what i watch all every year all christmas put, put that put that channel on for me the hallmark channel and i'll watch those harlequin hallmark movies all day long even though they're all exactly the same they i'll still watch them I can't I just I can I get I too can't. frustrated I'm like really you just won't go have a conversation with each other that's all it would take to stop this whole thing but then you get well, to be dramatic I end up starting to see all the faulty things they do like the you know where the puppy is chewing on the snow that it's pulling up off the ground and mm -hmm. like all this stuff I don't know if you've ever noticed but like it's so weird there's one um Vanessa Hutchins is in it and there's three or four of them where she's a twin, like the princess. Oh, yes. and the, that one yeah. is so bad. We looked that up last time. What the hell was that one called? Oh, I forget what it's called. But there's a scene where he's like, has to go get her a replacement apron or she needs an apron. Like it's, and this whole thing about getting this apron takes like hours to do. And I'm like, first of all, like it's as if you, can't do this baking without an apron like the world's gonna end you need of this course. apron and yes. then it takes him like five hours to go find an apron and the whole time you're like what the crap sticks is happening here and yeah. it's just a stall for time so that you know the romantic lead can run into her and somehow they can take some weird winter wonderland walk and then she can come back and bake it's so bizarre and i'm like Ah, and as much as I'd like to be like 
this is so dumb. Um, yeah, millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people think this is brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. Okay. And it's all the same story. It is all the same story. You know, honestly, I think that's kind of what inspired me a little bit because I would watch those movies and I would be like, I could totally write this and I could do it better. And I think that's where I kind of started going, I can do, I can do that. I can write stuff and I can make it better than you see in these cheesy ass movies that everybody loves and watches. I can do that. So that's one of the things I would do is I would kind of put that Hallmark movie in the back of my head and then I would kind of start doing it. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to make it better than you can see in that cheesy Hallmark movie. Oh my goodness. Okay. Before we go to break, number one favorite trope the one bed it's got to be the one bed you go to a hotel and there's one bed or you go to stay some at somebody's house and there's only one bed so you have to share a room whether you want to or not that's probably my all-time favorite <laughs> oh my goodness i love it i love it okay we will be right back with drinking with authors our sponsor today on drinking with authors is skunk brother spirits Skunk Brother Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrotherspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. We're back. CR, I've monopolized most of this conversation regarding the Hallmark channel. Now, what are your questions? <laughs> so I know you said your books kind of tie into each other. Was that intentional? Like as a sly way for you to start slowly introducing other characters without like having to read it, but it's just like a fun mention or yeah, was it? That, was yeah, it really was intentional. Um, I am a fan of books that do that and like, I love a series. I love being able to read about a world. Um, one of my favorite authors is Jamie Diamond, and she writes um, about this rock star community in Vancouver, and all the books are kind of tied together. But if you don't read them in order, it's not a huge deal. So I kind of like the idea of introducing the characters, and there may be a side character, and then the main characters have their story. And then in another book, you might get to finally see the story about that side character. So like, for instance, my book, Private Lives, there's a bodyguard in that book and his name's Alex and he's the main character's bodyguard. And then in Private Protection, he's the main character. And in my next book, Private Party, Alex, is, Alex has a little brother named Caleb 
who's an actor as well. And Caleb is the main character. And you met Caleb in Private Protection. So you get he, to see Caleb's story in Private Party. So I kind of like that little tie-in, but you don't have to read them in order. And like in um, The Professor, I mentioned Van and Serena from my first Loves of Lakeside book and people went crazy. Like everybody, like a bunch of the reviews were like, I love seeing, hearing that little bit about Van and Serena. And it was literally like three paragraphs that I wrote about Van and Serena. And that was it. And people were like, oh my God, I'm so glad you talked about them. And I, that just kind of solidifies for me that I'm moving those in the right direction by the little I love that though. Yeah. Like, I think I everybody too. loves that when you read a series, it's like, holy crap, I know them. Yeah. And you, and then and you like remember you feel they're included in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what I like too. Cause it kind of, it starts to feel like one big family and you're like, oh, Hey, I remember their story. I'm so glad they're doing great, but I don't go into a lot of detail about it. I'm just like, oh, Hey, they're doing really good. This is what's happening in their lives kind of thing. So I like being able to do that. Awesome. What about a writer tribe? Do you have a writer tribe of friends and stuff? I Where's have. Tribe? My tribe is actually two of my friends who used to write fan fiction. And they were the ones who actually encouraged me to start writing original fiction. Um, they were always my beta readers for my fan fiction. They would always read my stuff before I would post it. And they would give me suggestions about stuff. And then they have always just been this, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Um, one of my friends, her and I always, the Sam quote where he talks to Jessica and says, what would I do without you? And Jessica says, oh, you'd crash and burn. Well, one of my friends always says that to me. I'm like, what would I do without you? And she's like, you'd crash and burn. And I'm like, you're right, I probably would. So I have two really close friends that they do, they mean the world to me. It's TR and Tara. I'm going to make them listen to this so that they can hear me talk about yeah, it. You can tell them. You got to listen. Shout out. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's really awesome, especially having people in your life that back you up like that and do that sort of thing. So, TR, next. So do you only do those two towns when you write? Like, do you only want to write romance? No, I, I actually, guess it's two separate questions. <laughs> um, I love writing about Lakeside just because I'm originally from Montana. I haven't lived in Montana for like 30, almost 32 years now, but I go home every summer because my family lives, my husband's family is still there. So we go home and visit every summer. And I love writing about Montana because I think it's beautiful. I think it's just kind of an interesting place to write about. And you don't see a lot of stories set up there. I mean, unless you're talking about Yellowstone, my people are not cowboys. So <laughs> I don't write about cowboys. So because <laughs> people need to know there's more than just cowboys that live in Montana. So I enjoy writing about those. Um, this, my second chances in Hollywood, I only have like a couple ideas for maybe one or two more books out of that series. Um, and I'm actually writing a, um, I'm kind of trying to jumpstart a paranormal series that I got an idea for that um, I've been struggling with it a little bit. I'm trying to get it going. I'm trying to like write a prequel story about it. And then I'm trying to kind of see if I can't push it into a series. It's kind of about a shapeshifter that works for what is, some something like the FBI, but it's set in the future. And so she is a shapeshifter and she works for this 
um, group that's like the FBI and she can go in as an undercover because she can shapeshift into anything or anybody and stuff. So that's kind of, I'm kind of writing about that. It was kind of inspired by Alias because I was watching that one day and I'm like, be really interesting if she was like, when she went undercover, you really didn't know who she was. You couldn't tell who she was because I felt like, you know, when somebody goes undercover on TV shows, you're like, I just saw you a week ago at such and such a party. I know who you are. So, <laughs> so I was like, I wonder what it would be like if this happened. So I kind of started pulling from my supernatural knowledge background and writing about that. So I would eventually like to write some other stuff besides romance. Romance is easy for me to write though. So I like to write it just because I, I can almost write it without I don't want to say thinking about it, but I can almost write it without stressing about it. The paranormal one stresses me out a little because I keep changing stuff and mix. I'm like, no, that's not working. I got to fix that. So sounds like you need to do a little world building on this yeah. paranormal one. Yeah. That's <laughs> and that's kind of what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to do a little bit of world building as I've been trying to kind of take a step back. And that's why I went and started it because I had, I'm like, I'm just, I'm a pantser. I just write. I don't tend to outline anything. I just jump in and start writing. And I'm trying to train myself not to do that. I'm trying to get myself to a point where I plot a little bit more. And I've never Why? had to build a world. Well, because, I was going to say, you don't have to do that part. You just have right. to put the yeah. rules together in the world book. I was going to say, I have seven <laughs> worlds and I don't plan anything. Oh, see, I am, I envy that because I think I would forget everything. You should see my spreadsheets to keep track of my characters <laughs> and all my books. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, it's, it's my, I don't have a spreadsheet. I can share this for one of my series I write. You want to, you want to see how I keep track of the characters? <laughs> That's <Okay>. it. <laughs> I have, I have spreadsheets and I actually had to create a spreadsheet because I accidentally named a character I had written I've I'm working on two books two different books right now in loves of lakeside trying to decide which one I'm going to do next and the character in the main character in one of the books has the same name as a side character in a second chances in Hollywood book and I went oh that's not going to work so I finally had to sit down and I put made an alphabetical list of all my characters' names because I cannot keep them straight. I'm constantly naming people all the same thing. So I finally went. I okay, should probably do I that at some it. point. Uh, I don't yes. have like I don't have any of that stuff. It all just kind of like sits in my head. But there's gonna be a day. There yes, has probably. been a day, Missy. I can there, remind yeah. you of that day if you would like. Are you talking about the number? day that the the name got written wrong that wasn't me yeah. though <laughs> that wasn't me. Well, half the book the name changed no yeah, um, google autocorrect just kills you sometimes <laughs> we're blaming google now are we just kidding. yeah i so am it's always so google google you bastard okay <laughs> you have gone to so how let me ask ask you this how was writing during COVID because a lot of people that was a good thing and a lot of people it has meant nothing and some it was the worst thing in the world I finished one of my books during COVID because I work for a, um, a school district so we were not at school and I'm um I'm an admin assistant so I don't I'm not a teacher so I didn't have to do the online teaching or anything like that so I was just sitting at home for 
three, four months, I think, that literally just at home all day, every day. So I was writing some fan fiction, but then I was like, I'm going to finish this book. So I had written it and it was about 50,000 words or so, but I felt like it needed to be fleshed out, that there was a lot more that could be in it. Um, some people that had beta read it for me were like, you drop us into the middle of the story, which I have a bad habit of doing. And I think it's from writing fan fiction. I'll tend to drop people just into the middle of the story. So I went back and I kind of fleshed it out and I added some stuff to it. And I made it, in my opinion, I made it a lot better. So that's what I did during COVID. Plus I watched a lot of TV because there wasn't anything else to do. <laughs> I think there were several people who watched a lot of TV. Yeah, you, I watched a so, lot of TV. But you've done in-person events. You've even mm -hmm. been at a Barnes and Noble signing. Mm -hmm. What was well, that like? The Barnes and Noble signing was just me stopping in to sign the books. I didn't actually do a signing signing. Oh. Um, I just stopped in because I got them to put the books on the shelf so they called me when they got the books in and they said, hey, would you come sign them so we can put a sticker on them? And um, so that wasn't like a true sit down and sign. I'm actually doing a, what I'm on Saturday, next Saturday. On the 9th, it's a book crawl. And I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's, you kind of go from, it's um, in our downtown district and you kind of go from venue to venue and you, if you talk to the author, you get a stamp in the book. If you buy their book, you get another stamp in your book. And then if you talk, buy something from the venue, you get a stamp in your book and you go from place to place. And at the end, you get to, you get to redeem your stamps for tickets and you can win prizes and stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. I've done several vendor fairs that have been really fun. I just did one a couple of weekends ago and it's the second time I've done that vendor fair. And I, my, first person that came up to me she comes makes a beeline right for me and she comes right up to my table and she goes like this on my books and she goes do you have a new one out and I said well not yet I said one comes out on the 30th and she goes okay I have all these and I had to see if you had a new one yet she goes I will get that one when it comes out on the 30th that made me feel really good because she came right to my table she looked right for <laughs> me and came through the door so that made me feel really good <laughs> And I really, I liked that. So I'm trying to yeah, get out and more author stuff than the craft and vendor fairs. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because it just goes to show you that you, you no amount of writing you, you do can feed these readers sometimes enough, no. <laughs> you know, no, they're I like, hi. <laughs> so I know it's been a month and a half. Mm -hmm. four new books out, right? Like, I know like, your book came out three days ago. When's the next when's one? The next like, one. Are you fucking mm -hmm. kidding me? I'm still in therapy for the last one. <laughs> our, um, our school nurse is probably one of my biggest fans. And she comes to me almost every week and she goes, do you have a new book out yet? And I'm like, well, this one comes out this date. And she's like, okay, then when's the next one after that? And I'm like, oh, okay, well then this one. And then since I've slowed down a little bit, so my next book won't be out until like next fall. And I told her that. And the look on her face was like almost devastation. And then she goes, well, I have them on my Kindle so I can reread them anytime I want. I guess I'll just have to do that. <laughs> I almost was like, I felt like I needed to apologize and say, never mind, I'll try and get one out faster. Because I felt so <laughs> You know, um, having and talking you. to authors about that especially when they're newer authors and they start experiencing that you put a book out and your fans are like this is cute so when's the next one i think that's an awesome feeling 
anything to see the impact because for every one person who's actually saying that to your face, there's so many other people thinking the same exact thing that are like, hi, it'd be really cute if you could go, you could go faster, <laughs> go faster, go faster mm -hmm. in what you're yeah. doing. And I, I love it when somebody says that to me, because I know that that means they are enjoying what I write. And, but there's always that little part of me that is like, oh, geez, I wish I could write it a little bit faster just for them. But I love that feeling. It's the best feeling in the world to have somebody say that to you. Oh, totally. Well, you know, it's writing is so secretive in a way. I don't want to say secretive. It's, it's, you don't usually, not all authors go out in public to meet people that will acknowledge them. And then of course you have reviews, which is my next question. How were reviews? Do you, do you read all your reviews? I do. I know you're not supposed to, but I do. I am very fortunate and I that have never gotten anything worse than a three-star review. And so that, I mean, that's actually makes me feel really good. I know I'm waiting for the day when I get a one or a two star and people don't like something that I write because I know it will eventually happen. I do check reviews. Um, I know I shouldn't, but I do. I ask people to review because I know it helps a little bit. And my daughters are really good with stuff like that. They're like, mom, don't let it bother you. You can't let it upset you. And I'm like, I know I'm just waiting for that bad one to come along, but it hasn't yet. So I'm really fortunate with that. They've, my books have pretty much been well-received. See, this is the whole point of reviews. You have to have a thick skin if you're reading them because you don't know who's writing them. It's right. great that you don't. But look up any book that's your favorite book and you will find. Oh, yeah. Reviews, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it just eventually it happens. Popularity. There's like probably math and maybe some science that goes mm -hmm. along with. Yeah. You will end up with a bad review. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I know that because I'm, I've given bad reviews and I hate to say bad reviews, but I've given critical reviews because I know that sometimes you know, a book just isn't for me. And I try, always try to be constructive because I come at it from the writer's side. So I try not to be like, oh, this was garbage because of this. I try not to do that. Oh, hey, punctuation could have been better or stuff like that. But I know that the day will come when I, there's going to be somebody that just doesn't like what I have to say. And that's okay because not everybody likes what everybody has to say. So or they'll I be mean, having a bad day. Yeah. And I, I'll totally I mean, totally somebody could just have a bad day and decide to take it out on you when it's not even your fault. So mm -hmm. I get well, that. Some people just have a bad day every day. It's always fun to go look up the negative reviewers and see all the reviews they have. Well, you know what? I'll be the first to admit when I get a book, I tend to read the negative reviews first because I want to see, do I want to read this book? So I tend to go to the negative reviews before I look at the positive reviews of something. So like I have not read that um really popular series by Sarah J. Moss, um, Akatar or a Court of Thorn and Roses or whatever it's called. Because oh yeah. My daughter. Yeah. My daughter doesn't like it. And she's like, tells me all the bad stuff about it that drives her crazy. And she posts about it on her bookstagram and stuff. And so I haven't read it because she doesn't like it. And her and I have pretty similar tastes in books. So I, you know, I know reading is subjective, like anything. People like certain things. People don't like certain things. You can't make everybody happy. So I don't like social true. reviews. Like at the books I'm going to read, because there's always those people that are like, oh, this book was great. And then they spill everything. 
even if it's a negative review, they'll be like, oh, I hated it. And let me tell you every piece of this story and why I hated it. And then mm-hmm. like, once you catch part of it, like it destroys it. So I don't do it. I, I just look for kind of what Mimi's looking for though. Sometimes I'll look at book reviews, um, especially online if I'm purchasing an ebook from somewhere where people can post their own ebooks, right? And go, does this say a lot of stuff about punctuation or grammar and things like that? Because that will, that's like the death of me reading a story is not even the, the plot as badly as if it's badly written like just grammatically and all these other Mm -hmm. things and not if the character is supposed to be like that but I picked up some stories that you can tell they just typed it probably didn't even go through it another time and threw it up online and I'm like yeah Yeah. this is so terrible I I do check the keywords that Amazon started doing like before you get to the reviews it has like the the 15 words or whatever that were used the most I will check those but what I've started doing over the last couple months is like, I'll pick a genre and then I scroll to the last page on Amazon and I start reading the books that like don't have reviews yet, just because like, I like being the first to do stuff. So then like, I read those books and you find the most amazing books that like just haven't gotten the chance to get out there yet. Yeah. Because somebody hasn't reviewed them. I kind of do the same thing. I don't always like to read the books that everybody else is reading because I know that I'm, one of those authors out there that maybe not everybody else is reading. So I want people to give me a chance. So why shouldn't I give somebody a chance too? So I like to read, I like to help other people and read their stuff, but my big, my big no-nos are grammar and punctuation. And I'm the same way where people can put up their own books and they, they don't use a copy editor or a line editor or an editor at all. And they just kind of toss it up there. I have a really hard time with those, but so I always try to look for that. Yeah, the one that kills me is when you open the ebook and it's like four words on a line, right? And then it's like a half of inch of space. And then it's like the rest of the sentence and half an inch of space. And I'm like, oh my God, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. So then like I go to their little author page and I'm like, hey, just so you know, like your typesetting is off or something because I'm getting, even if you scroll all the way down to make it as small as possible, you're getting like two sentences. Oh yeah. yeah. That gets me too. Well, it's, it's interesting. We were talking about this on a podcast that we recorded the other day. And I said, there are avenues out there for people to look up how to do something before you get on the site and think you're going to do it. Like I can just tell you right now, Amazon, Roku, Barnes and Noble, all these sites, um, Kobo, I just said Roku. God. You did. Yeah. I was gonna let it go because I just <laughs> want to be that doing I, I just heard myself and the Viking, me and the Viking together said Roku. <laughs> it's fine. I heard you, but I didn't want to point it out. Yeah, yeah. I it's so weird. I just I was talking, then I was like, did you just say Roku? You just said Roku. <laughs> That's how that happened in my head. It's fine. It's totally fine. But it these sites, even though they're helpful and look pretty and stuff, if you do not know some of the words, what they're talking about. It starts with a basis of understanding and a basis of understanding word documents, for instance, or PDFs when people, I think people don't quite realize what a PDF is, right? Because it's a picture. I mean, there's some cool things you can do with PDFs, but it's a picture. Let's, you know, that's a photo, mm-hmm. you know, so. <laughs> weird, weird. <laughs> okay, GR. 
I just said Roku, you need to ask the next question. It's not a good situation over here. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Initially I thought you said Roku and I was like, has she been watching like American Dad or something? So then I got thrown off too. Oh. I just had one of those moments. So what is your favorite fan interaction that you've had? Like, I know you say a lot of people at, at, you know, the school and stuff and your daughter reads it, but like, is there somebody that you didn't quite know that came up to you was excited? Yeah, um, there's actually a, um, my daughter works for a very popular coffee place and I frequent it because not only does my daughter work there, but I love my coffee and um, one of her, and I have never met him before. I had never met him before. He um, discovered I was a writer. So he bought my what, my first book and read it. And the next thing I know, I go in to pick up my coffee from a mobile order. And instead of my real name on there, it says Mimi, which is a pen name. So it didn't have my real name on there. It said Mimi. And then on the corner of the cup, he'd drawn a heart and put, we love you queen on the cup. And then he <laughs> came up to me one day my daughter wasn't even in the store I booked for me and I'm like um yeah sure I'll sign your book for you if you want me to and he's like oh my god thank you so I the next time I went in he was standing behind the counter and he was clutching runaway home like this and he held it out to me and he handed me a sharpie and he's like sign it with this <laughs> so I signed it for him and then he took it and he danced in a little circle and jumped up and down and it made my week it just it literally made my week and he'll find out I'm in the store like if I come in the store someone will call him on the headset and say, oh, Mimi's in the store. And he will come running out. And he came running out one time and like tripped as he was coming out the door. And then he stood up and he goes, you did not see me do that. And he's just, he's so cute and he's so sweet. And he just makes my day every time I see him. And he just kind of stumbled into the fact that I was an author because he saw it on my daughter's TikTok. Didn't even tell her that he bought my books and read them until he told me that he had bought them and read them. And that's probably... He's my all-time favorite. He's like my biggest fan, which I love. I'm like, I have a fan. <laughs> I think that is, that's, I call that the fangirl moment. When you mm -hmm. have the fangirl moment, when somebody is just so thoroughly excited to see you, but you signed the book. When did you um, practice how you were going to sign books? Because it's not your real name. You my, don't use your real name. It's so. not my real name. I know I have to be careful. So I, when I, after I got my publishing contract and um, I told like friends and family and stuff, Hey, I have books coming out. If you want me to sign them, I'll sign them for you. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm like, I can't sign them with my real name. So I got to figure out how to write my name. So I sat down one day with my iPad and I opened my Procreate and I just sat <laughs> and spent like a half an hour going, does this work? No, I don't like that. That's hard to do. And then I finally came up with one and now it's pretty much it's wrote. I can, when I sign, I can do it with that because like when I do vendors fairs and the craft fairs and stuff like that, I always offer to sign the books anybody buys. So it's much easier now. When I first did it, I used to have to stop and think, I'm like, okay, don't write, don't write your real name. <laughs> what's funny about the vendor thing and you offering to sign the books is i don't understand why when you're sitting in front of the author who has the book 
that a person wouldn't just go, can I, can I, can you sign it yeah. for me? It's so they funny. Don't. Most of the time I think they it freaks don't. them out. I think it, it like makes them yeah. nervous or something and they don't want to, because I know when we, there's been a couple of times that I've seen people and they'll be like, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had this Corey's like, do you want her to sign? It? Do you want her? <laughs> of course, Corey would make it creepy. Scared. He does. He does. Every time. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we need to do the shameless self-promotion plug. Mimi, what is the next book you have coming out? And when? Uh, my next book is Private Party in that Second Chances in Hollywood book three. And that comes out April 30th. It's available for pre-order on Barnes and Noble and um, for Kindle right now. And I know the others are coming soon and paperback is coming soon too. So that's my next Very one. cool. And um, when is the next Loves of Lakeside coming out? Inquiring I, minds want to know. Think in no I, <laughs> I think that one's in November. I'm working on, like I said, I'm actually working on two Loves of Lakeside right now. I'm kind of writing them both at the same time because I can't decide which one I want to do next. So I've kind of been writing both of them. Um, a real popular character from book one was Lincoln and he was Van's best friend. He wasn't in it very much. They had a couple phone conversations and he showed up one time. Um, but his, the new book is about Lincoln. So um, my daughter's very excited about that because she loves Lincoln. So I actually like took a vote one day on my Instagram and she voted like 10 times. She's like, Lincoln, 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 Lincoln. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess Tiana wants Lincoln. And then um, the other one I'm working on is um, there's a character from book two named Nat and her full name's Natasha. And she is um, the next one of the other loves the lakeside books that I'm working on. So I think I'm going to go with Lincoln's though. I've been, I was going to say on that one a reasons lot. you might want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like healthier uh, yeah. going into the holidays. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure Tiana would be very happy with mom if I didn't write Lincoln's book next. So. <laughs> Plus that one has Sebastian in it and him and soldier are going to meet pretty soon. So that'll be good because they soldier fans will be happy. Daughter mm -hmm. will be happy. It's happy. Like, kind of like the circle. I don't know what yeah. could go wrong at this point. Like yeah, you just I'm not check sure every single I'm box. just checking all the boxes and this one's got a trope in it too. Cause it's got fake, it's got fake dating in it. So that's another one. So it's, it's, you know, I'm checking that's all the boxes sweet. on that one. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so how do fans find you? Which, where, where do they look? Um, I'm on Instagram as at author.mimi.francis. That's also my Facebook. Um, I have a, my website is mimifrancis.com. And I am on TikTok as author Mimi Francis. No dots or anything, just author Mimi Francis. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. It has been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. I've had a blast. This was fun. Oh, I enjoyed I'm glad. myself. <laughs> Especially the Roku will be very pleased to know oh, that. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> okay. This has been very drinking with authors. <laughs> I gotta stay away from this, but I love it so much. The Viking Lightning. It's every time. Every time you do it. I know it's really bad every time. I and yet I keep doing it. And you can see like it doesn't take much for if we go down for the count on this. Skunk Brother Spirits, DWT. UA, at least I messed up that part. 10 is the coupon code. Wow. Wow. I've been your host, Erica Williams. My co-host has been the much less um, drunk C.R. Rice, although, or she's just hiding about one of the two. Our guest, Professional Francis. 